News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 15 of the Luke Macias Show. I am here uh, with my co-host, Raz Schaefer. How are you doing today? I am blessed, my friend. How about yourself? I cannot complain. Um, to give everyone a quick update, I'm sure uh, more might have happened by the time we, we come back next week. You'll be hearing this on Monday. Um, the Texas legislature will probably either, when you're listening to this episode, or within a day or two after that, the Texas House will be debating a sales tax increase. There's a lot of mixed messaging out there about what this is and is not, and truthfully, it's hard to tell you what it is because I don't know that the legislators know what it is. So what I can tell you is this. Um, they have said that part of the reason to do this is to deliver meaningful property tax relief because they want to raise the sales tax and take that revenue and buy down property taxes. Um, they've also said that they need additional revenue for public school funding uh, in an ongoing way and in a dedicated way. Um, the Texas Senate this week uh, passed out House Bill 3, and in Ho House Bill 3 is the school funding bill. And in that bill, um, the Senate uh, put language in there that said that the tax relief portions, many of the tax relief portions of that piece of legislation, do not go into effect unless we find more revenue. Now, it's important to let everyone know that the tax relief part of House Bill 3, it's about $2.7 billion of what we call a tax compression, which is when the state writes a check to school districts, and that in turn lowers your property tax bill. Or sometimes it just doesn't make it go up, to be honest. It might not necessarily lower it. But we give that money to them and in turn try to relieve some of the pressure on people's property taxes. $2.7 billion is in House Bill 3. That money has never been contingent on a tax increase, meaning that $2.7 billion was supposed to be returned to the taxpayers in our existing budget, which is a very small amount of tax relief in comparison to the entire budget. Now they're saying, well, taxpayers won't get that relief unless a sales tax increase goes into effect. You would have to assume that, and in fact, Larry Taylor said, in essence, a sales tax will be used to fund that, which means that a sales tax would be funding tax relief that we already had funded with the dollars that we already had taken from you. Um, the legislature will debate this measure. The question is whether or not Dan Huberty and other Republicans will publicly commit to keeping this a one-to-one -one swap because anything other than that is a real true tax increase on Texans. And so... Um, that is being discussed. The Senate is discussing. They moved House Bill 3 out. I want to tell you all this. It's pretty funny. Uh, at 10 a.m. in the morning, I think it was Wednesday, um, the Texas Senate brought a 300-page bill to the Public Education Committee, gave it to the senators, and said, we're voting this out in 45 minutes. This is how kind of last minute they're treating a lot of this stuff. And, and it's truly because it's just a work in motion, and there's so many different people trying to figure out what they want to get out of this. And um, it's 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 causing the process to uh, be hard to follow for many people and potentially dangerous for taxpayers. So we got to keep an eye on that. Um, I will definitely maybe even come to you midweek 
um, during during the uh, you know I'm recording this before, but in the coming week when you listen to this on Monday, if anything really important happens, we'll try to maybe even do a midweek podcast or at least put something up on Facebook so that y'all know what's going on. Um, this legislation's all going to be coming to a head in the next two weeks as the legislature wraps up its policy. And the real question is whether any of the money that government is already taking from you will be returned to you or whether the only tax relief you'll get is money that the government gets through increasing taxes and taking more of your money. So that's all being discussed. Um, Let's get though to our episode today. So uh, I'm really excited about the conversation we had. I'm even more excited about the organization's existence that um, we got to interview. So I interviewed Connie Burton and Drew White. They, uh, uh, Drew is the senior editor and Connie is the founder and CEO of The Texan. And The Texan is a new journalism news website that has been launched and they are reporting on all things Texas. They're reporting on local politics, state politics, policy issues, um, national issues. But when it comes to, you know, the federal side, um, congressmen, senators, what our Texas representatives are doing and what's going on in D.C. and how is it affecting Texans? Um, it's a really cool uh, model. So they're not being run as a nonprofit. Um, so they're not raising a lot of donor dollars. That's the way a lot of journalism works today. Um, and then you have a lot of media going out of business that are ad driven, that are basically driven by, by ads. And I think that's what a lot of us experience as well, either with these, uh, you know, newspapers that have a lot of clickbait headlines just to get you to click and show up so that you might make them ad revenue or, so much of traditional media, uh, which is behind paywalls constantly. They're going to be a subscriber-based website. And, um, and here's the greatest thing. You know, it, it's interesting. I think the Dallas Morning News just in the last couple of weeks announced um, a new set of potential layoffs and problems with uh, their funders. They've had a new, numerous rounds of layoffs. The Austin American Statesman has had numerous rounds of layoffs, including as well as the Express News and Houston Chronicle. Traditional media is going away. And I think they're going away because they are completely separated from the worldview of who Texans are and what Texans believe. We have uh, something that is increasingly frustrating for any conservative-minded Texan, which is the fact that all of our traditional media outlets in this state are all left of center. They are all pushing an agenda that is trying to push Texas further to the left. And we don't have a, a any type of pure journalistic organization that is actually dedicated to delivering the news, but from a right of center perspective. And that is what the Texan is going to deliver. So today's conversation is with Connie Burton and Drew, and they get a chance to talk about why they founded the Texan, what they're trying to do, how it's working. Guys, I'm just going to let y'all know um, the day this got launched, which was uh, you know last week, uh, my wife and I signed up. We are now um, subscribers, paid subscribers. Um, I believe that the market has a demand for this product. I think that Texans out there will join me and others in paying for real news, in paying for real journalism that actually reflects the values of Texans. And, and Raz, I mean, you got a chance to listen to the conversation that I had there before the listeners. What were some of your takeaways? Well, first of all, I've known Connie for 10 years and Drew for about six, and, and they're two of my yep. favorite people. They're, they're, God-fearing Texans that absolutely worked their butts off in the movement and have been doing a good job of, of separating wheat from chaff when it comes to news and sources for a very long time. 
They've both been the, the victims of less than honest uh, media interactions in the past, and they understand the power that the truth has for our side, for the right of center perspective. And so I'm I'm really excited. I'm also a subscriber, and I'm really pumped to see what they do here because they have a whole stable of, of very talented, thoughtful, and articulate journalists on their team that are going to be providing a lot of great content for just a few dollars a month for subscribers. I mean, and honestly, so just so people know, I mean, I think joining costs, you can either pay it all up front for a year, which is like seven fifty a month, or you can pay $9 a month um, to be a subscriber. And I mean, honestly, if somebody is listening to this podcast and wants there to be a stronger, more robust right of center journalist organization in Texas, then you need to go to the texan.news and sign up. Um, at a minimum, you can just give them your email and then you can read free uh, five free articles a month. And so at a minimum, just give them your email, sign up, become a part of it that way. Um, but honestly, I want to encourage people listening here and um, encourage you as you you know interact with other right of center Texans that there's an opportunity we have to actually um, support and pay for strong journalism. You know, people want news. Um, it's just something I get all the time. I mean, I can't tell you how many people in Raz, I'm sure you get this, a lot of your right of center family members and friends who aren't super in, you know, care about where we're going, but they're not surrounded by politics, they don't live in politics. And I get them all the time telling me, hey, where do I go for really good news? Where do I go for news that I can trust? And it just shows that they don't believe it's out there. And, and even news, to be honest, like I, I follow a ton of right wing uh, I, I follow a ton of very conservative journalist organizations, right? I follow a ton of uh, the Ben Shapiro's of the world on the national level and other groups like that. And um, But many of these organizations, they really are catering to one group of people, right? I mean, they're writing for those most conservative people, and uh, which, which serves a purpose, but there's really not something writing to this middle group of people and so I think many of those people in the center in Texas end up gravitating to the very far left media. And I feel like having a media organization that can be seen as actually truly you know, right of center in a reflective way, real strong journalism, um, is a huge asset to any red-blooded Texan um, in our state. But uh, hey, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Connie and Drew. Welcome to episode 15 of the Luke Messiah Show. I am honored to be in the worldwide headquarters of the brand new uh, right of center journalistic organization based in Texas called the Texan for a conversation with uh, Drew White, who is um, the senior editor here at the Texan and the famous and popular and beautiful Senator Connie Burton. Connie, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. And it's an appropriate um, introduction. Thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> Connie, why don't you start us off? Uh, for those listeners who aren't familiar, what is the Texan? This is, what, 36 hours old or whatever? But yeah. tell us what the Texan is and why you're doing it and what you're doing. So the Texan.news is an online media publication. Um, we are responding to what we believe is um, a bias in media. I know many of your listeners are going to be shocked hearing me say that, <laughs> but we do believe that there is a left of center bias in the media. 
And um, we are fully aware that Texas is still a red state. Mm. Um, roughly half, half the population um, is right of center. And yet every media organization within Texas um, focuses more their information, what kind of content they produce, how they produce it, mm. to that half of the population. And so um, all of us who are right of center are yearning for um, quality um, content that, uh, but is from a, a right of center worldview. Mm. And I've said this so many times to people, um, there is a difference in worldviews, right? Yep. Um, and, and the type of stories that may be of interest to left of center versus right of center people. Mm -hmm. So, so my husband and I, um, came together to, um, start this operation because we see the void. We've seen the void for many years. We've hoped that somebody else would step in and do this. Mm. Nobody else has. And so we decided, um, what the heck we're going to do this. And so we've started it and couldn't be more proud of what we've already accomplished with this team that we've put together. So Drew, tell me about how you got brought into this and what your yeah. perspective is. I mean, this is something you're taking on with Connie. So yeah, give, just give like to know background. you, you, uh, you did not give me the shining, glorious introduction that you <laughs> gave. You needed to yeah, use where the was word handsome. handsome. I, I'm saying it, you got a face for radio. <laughs> well, you know? I mean, you. That's what they say. <laughs> and, uh, that's okay. what some people say. I, I hope my mother is not listening. <laughs> I love go. that. So, uh, you know, in answer to your question, I, I it, it is an interesting sort of transition for me, right? So my background is very much in public policy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very much in conservative movement public policy. Um, I spent three years uh, cutting my teeth at Heritage Action, which is the political arm of the Heritage Foundation. Mm. A lot of time and effort went in largely stopping bad things from a conservative perspective from mm -hmm. occurring in D.C., which for your listeners, I'm sure they think most things that happen in D.C. are bad. Uh, they would because be correct. They are. I think they would we be could all agree. <laughs> um, and then after that, I served a couple of years with, uh, had the privilege to serve a couple of years with Senator Ted Cruz as his mm -hmm. domestic policy advisor. And that was a lot of fun. Um, was there at an interesting time, right when he was uh, announcing to go run for president and was uh, sort of overseeing the domestic policy apparatus in his official site, in his Senate office while yep. he was running. Um, and that was that was just a blast. I learned a lot, and it was uh, important to be in the thick of it as a Capitol Hill staffer trying to fight for, for the things that we all believe in, uh, in the actual belly of the beast. So mm. that, was, that was fantastic uh, life experience. Mm. And then moved to Texas, you know, with my wife, uh, spent some time at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, uh, spent some time with a, a guy who's now in Congress, uh, Representative Chip Roy. I was his policy advisor for a mm. while. And um, the opportunity came up to meet with, with Connie, and um, I, I was told that this was a thing or potentially a thing, right? We're going yeah. to challenge the fake news industry uh, here in the heart of Texas. And it was too good an opportunity uh, to pass up, mm. namely because I thought that the background of having a very policy-centric, very politically-oriented life experience would actually be useful mm. stepping into this role. A lot of folks, you know, will point to, oh, well, you don't have a journalism degree. Well, mm -hmm. I know plenty of people who don't use their actual degrees in their mm -hmm. career, and I actually think that's, a, that's an added plus for what we're trying to do, which is, look, we're going to do journalism, we're going to do it right, uh, and we're going to infuse it and undergird it with our life experiences in the public policy sphere. Absolutely. So um, 
let's get into the the model of what the Texan is. How many re, you know the reporters that are here? Uh, and and I don't think we've kind of explained to the listeners what the model is when when it comes to this. What's the platform built on? So Drew, would you mind kind of giving us some bullet points of of how that works? Yeah. So from a business side, or more from the yeah, just I mean, how how yeah. does the how does the the organization and the journalism entity that's called the Texan how does it survive and and how is it supported yeah so we are uh, a lot different than mm. a lot of other media outlets which <laughs> is another strength of ours and Connie can definitely speak to this as well uh, we're subscription based we are a reader funded uh, reader focused entity that at the end of the day we don't have advertisers we don't have donors we don't have other entities that could potentially influence what we write about. Um, you know, you can worry about that, right? If you're looking at other media outlets or you're reading other news and, you know, all of us have experienced going to websites and when you're trying to read an article, you've got pop-up ads going mm -hmm. all over the place and yep. you've got clickbait headlines and that's not what we do. It's very clean looking. Uh, it's, it's focused on the facts as Connie was saying, and we've got a young, hungry, awesome team that is out there hunting down the stories that we know are important. To, to everyday Texans, mm. things on, you know, spending, immigration and the border, health care issues, education policy, um, and not only what's going on right now during the session, which is critical for all of us, mm -hmm. but we're going to be exploring kind of the spirit of Texas, right? What does it mean to be a Texan? Mm. Why are we proud to be a Texan? And we're going to infuse everything we do with that. So, Connie, what made you pick that model when you were looking at this and yeah. what you know drew hit on a little bit the alternatives when it comes to advertising or a lot of people are getting into the nonprofit media side what was your thought process when you came up with this and and if you don't mind me asking what was the reaction to maybe other people when you told them about mm -hmm. this idea right so the actual business model is the brainchild of my husband phil Hmm. We've talked about this for a long time. Clearly, I was in the Senate before, busy doing Senate stuff, um, and my husband kind of, you know, sitting on the sidelines, getting frustrated yep. uh, by the media, not only as a, a consumer of it, but how he saw it react to me as a candidate and me as a, a state senator too. Right? Mm -hmm. We uh, so he would always sit and think about um, the problems that the media is having today and how in flux um, the industry is and that intrigued him and um, you know just would delve into his thoughts on why it was failing such as it is and what kind of business model um, would work in an industry that is failing and so this is all his brainchild mm -hmm. and once we started talking about it and he started explaining it it's like of course, it makes total sense, and it's really very simple. Um, as Drew said, um, we're not a not-for-profit, which uh, actually, in the end, which I didn't really realize, it creates kind of this mammoth organization, really. Um, you you become, what I think, clunky because you're just hiring, mm. you know, um, to do things that really aren't relevant to the end user, mm. the reader. Yep. Um, and it's the same thing with an advertising-based model. Um, you've got to have a whole... Um, I don't know, office full of people that are checking the clicks and the, you mm -hmm. know, all of that. It becomes where you're more focused on how many clicks you're getting than the quality of the content to the reader and what they're wanting. So again, you're responding not to the reader in those other business models, but to outside entities. And I think that's where 
the media currently gets it wrong. Um, it's much like health care, <laughs> which oh, Drew can speak to, and we won't let him because he'll Don't go on for hours. Uh, <laughs> but it's much like that industry, right, where the where the end user, the one that's receiving the care, isn't the one really getting to make the decisions. Right. It's the hmm. you know insurance people. Yeah. So anyway, um, so so that is uh, you know why he wanted to do the for profit. Uh, no ads, uh, you know, no, not, not for profit. Um, and, and also it's just, as Drew mentioned too, it's just such beautiful content quality. You're not sitting there, you know, Xing out all these ads that keep popping mm -hmm. up. And, um, so anyway, I did, of course, immediately began to, uh, make phone calls all over the country. Um, and, and really it was more outside of Texas because when you start looking around for people to talk to, uh, first off, they're few and far between that are yep. right of center, yep. uh, in the media world. And if they are their only opinion. So it's very interesting. And, and I got a lot of, you know, people saying it can't be done. Hmm. Connie, it can't be done. Um, we've, tr you know, we've tried this and we've tried that. Basically, you got to get a bunch of big donors to come in and fund you and that'll keep you going. And, um, you know, Phil and I would sit and talk about it. And we're hmm. like, that's not how we see it, you hmm. know. Um, and I will say sometimes it's, it's interesting. Uh, we all know that sometimes those coming from the outside in mm -hmm. see things much more clearly than those who have been in something for a very long time. To mm -hmm. us, this seems very simple. Yeah. We believe this model will work. And so far, the response has been really good. I hmm. mean, because we all know what's not working yep. uh some that the average person just needs somebody to step up and and make you know uh offer a product that does work and i think yep. so far you know obviously we've only been alive for what'd you say 36 hours hey. but but still there was it, you know people are validating yep. and saying oh my yeah. god this is so needed right it's been a great 36 hours. it has it really has it has, it has. And it's interesting because um you know we have a lot of the same circles that we run in and and on social media on twitter and facebook and stuff all i've seen since it's been posted is conservative activists after conservative activist uh, just normal Joe Blow, right of center Texan posting saying, I want this, right? Absolutely. And some of these people probably are pretty familiar with you, Connie, and all that you've done, and maybe Drew and different people here on the team. Um, but the reality is that even the people that aren't, I've seen people, I don't know, and they're just going, I need this. I want this. And to your point, from a free market perspective, you're saying, when people say, I want this, it means I will pay for this. Exactly. And so <laughs> if if we really have faith in the people of Texas, shouldn't they put their money where their mouth is? I saw somebody uh, post literally as I was getting here and, was coming, and uh, I don't even know this person, but they post, I, I was looking up the Texan on Facebook before our conversation and this random guy posts and he goes, I want to let y'all know that this is excellent journalism. I've already read it and it seems to come from a perspective that doesn't attack my worldview it's definitely worth the $7.50 a month I'm paying. Nice. You know, a couple oh. cups of coffee, I'm out, and I've got good journalism. And oh. it's the idea that the question is how many Texans out there believe that, exactly. really. Exactly. And um, in a so sense, awesome. you're, taking, you're taking a risk. You're betting on those Texans. I mean, you Absolutely. really believe more Absolutely. than other people that, that they're out there. Absolutely. And that's, you know, when, when Phil and I decided to do this, um, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, we kept thinking somebody, surely somebody's going to do this, surely. And we all know, you know, at the national level and we're, you know, this is, is totally different and separate, but obviously um, who, 
can't remember the man's name with Fox News, right? I mean, you know, they st- stepped in and, and mm-hmm. did something different, yes. right? And became very successful. Yeah. We see this all the time with different products. Um, and, and Phil kept thinking, and, and again, we're not a Fox News. That's not who we're trying to be. But uh, but he kept thinking somebody would do something similar to what we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that didn't happen and, uh, you know, we decided we're putting our eggs in this basket. We have, um, you know, we are funding this operation. Mm. Um, just my husband and I, uh, because we believe in it. We believe mm. that this is something that Texas needs. We believe that this is something that Texans want. Mm. And we believe that Texans are going to step up and um, say the things that you just uh, quoted. Uh, we truly believe that because we what we are going to make darn sure of, and Drew and I talk about this all the time, and he is absolutely committed 100% that we're, we're producing the facts. We're mm. just, we're producing the facts. Yep. And I think, and it's kind of scary it's kind of scary i think people have kind of forgotten how to read old what i consider and i don't know if it is or not old-fashioned news Hmm. i think people i've kind of seen some comments that a little disturbing because i think there's everybody is so used to opinion they're so used to opinion they only want their their views validated that's not everybody you know but it's gotten to that point right that we're only used to validating and we need to let's read you know everything about this issue why this person you know wants to is for it why this person is against it but more than that the cost of it you know what it's going to cost the average taxpayer um average texan these are all critical things that people need to understand read so that then they can go make decisions at the voting booth um whether it's local state or um national elections so so drew i know you've spent time on the federal level and most people that you talk to are most interested in federal issues, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So there, there seems to always be yeah. just being somebody who's mostly engulfed on the state side and yeah. even local elections for county commissioner and city God council, all these you. other things, right? But you know, it's very hard to find. Uh, en- some people complain that there aren't enough people that are even interested in those things that they're very interested on the national level. From your time on the federal level, what are some of the issues you see on, when it comes to the national media? Because I'm trying to think of a a the texan is that right a the mm-hmm. texan yeah. uh you know <laughs> i don't know sorry it, it be, works okay it wouldn't it works. be and the texan i like. don't know so <laughs> i'm trying to think if there is a the texan i just edited that on the, the federal <laughs> in level. your head does that He's make such sense? an editor sorry Luke. yeah sorry yeah it makes sense i'm trying to think if there is no an entity i mean and look here's the thing i mean it, it really is interesting about you know i think connie as she was framing it very much it's an industry disruptor that mm. we're engaged in, right? Which is part of the important critical ingredient for innovation. Yep. In any industry mm-hmm. you look at, right? It's it's disrupting it and in a favorable way. And I think that's one of the appealing things about what we're doing here. But there's no there's, there's nothing in, in Washington, D.C. or at the federal level or you turn on your television. I mean, even Fox News is not an industry disruptor anymore, right? Uh, they've moved on from that. They're, they're, they're the industry. That's, that's where they're at. Um, and I think you know, why people care about the national news compared to state and local. Yep. Um, it's an interesting, th- it's an interesting question. I think the answer is fairly obvious is that they're constantly in front of us, right? You're Ted, Ted Cruz is constantly, you know, in front of national media outlets or he's, yep. he's the focus of it. President Trump the same way. And so people are naturally drawn to that. Meanwhile, a lot of the decisions that are being made that impact your life, either positively or negatively, happen at the state and federal level. And I would think, you know, conservatives, 
as people who generally tend to view uh, federalism favorably, right? We Mm -hmm. want Mm -hmm. to deal with more issues at the state level than in Washington. That's part of the animating principle of why you're a conservative. I would think that the focus on state level and local level issues would be very appealing and and very important, too, for uh, those who hold the worldview that, you know, we want a decentralized power. We don't want a one-size-fits-all approach, right, from a distant city on the East Coast making these decisions for 330 million unique people, it makes more sense to conservatives, right, to have those decisions made at a state or a local level. And I think the Texan jumping in and having that Texas focus, and obviously we'll pay attention to what Senator Cruz is doing, you know, in D.C., and we'll pay attention to, you know, Representative Gohmert, if he's, you know, fighting on some particular issue and it impacts Texas, we're going to cover that sort of stuff. It's important. Um, and, and obviously Texans that are running for president on the Democrat side, we're going to focus on that as well. But I do think that we do provide a unique value add uh, on a policy front, on an everyday impact front that a lot of other entities and outlets just simply aren't doing. Mm. Mm. Um, One of the things, can I interrupt? Yeah, go ahead, Connie. Um, so uh, just to say uh, what Drew was talking about, particularly for conservatives, and you're right, we believe that things should be dealt with um, at the state level. But what's what I've always found interesting, and this is a little off, Luke, sorry. It's okay. uh, but as a senator, obviously I would go throughout Senate District 10 and talk to constituents and uh, of all, you know, whichever party, right? And I would be amazed how many times I would be in a bipartisan meeting um, talking to constituents about, you know, whether they were for Obamacare or against it, when I said, listen, that's something that shouldn't be decided for us, you know, way out in D.C. It needs to be decided here in Texas where you have much easier access Mm. with your House rep or your state senator. Mm -hmm. I mean, how how often do you get to talk to your U.S. senator or your even your congressman, right? Um, And so, but and yet they're the ones making those kinds of, decisions for you that affect you know that affect way too much of our lives anyway so regardless it was very very interesting when you when I would talk to Democrats which you would tend to think wouldn't think that way because and just like you just you know um couched it right it's more conservatives but really when you actually explain that to people everybody agrees I would always get across the board agreement regardless of what side of the aisle they were on that yeah we need to do that here so so hopefully, maybe we can get that focus. Hopefully, the Texan can be a part of making people realize that these decisions need to be, you know, dealt with here in our state, yeah. and we can bring that focus back to where it needs to be. Because you're right. I mean, there's not not only is there not something like us at the national level, there sure as heck isn't something like us at the state level. That's yep. for sure. Yep. So if if you are a right of center Texan. Um, what kind of actions can you take to engage with the Texan? So, I mean, what what are all the things that these our listeners and other people should be doing to sign up and support? What what are the steps they take? Right. Well, it, you know, of course, first and foremost, we're on all the so we're Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So, if they just kind of want to, you know, dip their toe in the water, yep. they can of course like and do all the things, um, follow yep. um, all of our social media accounts. Um, and then, of course, they can go directly to our website, which is thetexan.news. Got it. Um, and then they can take a look at it. They'll get up to three 
they'll get three free articles okay. to read. Okay. If they're willing to then give us their email address, they'll get a couple more articles. Okay. Um, if they want unlimited access to our site, which is what they, what we hope that they'll want, um, they can get it uh, for as little as seven dollars and fifty cents a month. Got it. Um, and they can, and that will um, give them access to all our podcasts, to you know our live interviews. Um, we're going to eventually roll out uh, you know more and more things that we're going to do panels, you know, mm -hmm. all sorts of yep. discussions. And you know what we're hoping is they're not going to, you know, what I want to, what I want people to understand is there's a lot of noise out there. Um, the, and that's what I consider the free content, frankly. Hmm. I think it's noise. Again, as I mentioned at the very beginning, um, you know, it's stuff that caters more to perhaps uh, big donors to, you know, uh, a left of center media organizations mm -hmm. want to see or what advertisers want to see. Um, and so at the end of the day, it's not really straight factual news for the readers. Hmm. And so what I say, if people are, you know, cause I hear a lot of complaints, Oh, there's just, you know, there's so much out there. What do, what do I do? Well, ignore all that other <laughs> it's noise, right? Yeah. Come and pay $7.50 a month and get unlimited access to the Texan.news. You'll be good to go. Mm. And you'll have more time on your hands. That's right. <laughs> Didn't yeah. think about that. That's good. I like that. <laughs> that was good. Let's use that. <laughs> I like that. Oh, done. I think I just did. I, I think this was my idea. <laughs> I think... Y'all are welcome because if we had not sat down and had this discussion, I don't think you would have had this if revelation. That's very true. I know about Luke Macias is he likes to take credit I where do. credit is not due. I do. And if there's anything else we know, it's that if you take credit for one of his ideas, it does not go well. That's, That's probably, right. It's probably Maybe true. we know Luke Macias too well. Maybe it's, you shouldn't have had us on to this podcast. I think podcast. it's time to end this podcast, guys. <laughs> I think this has been a great conversation. No, but honestly, I'm really grateful that both of you are willing to sit down and talk. Um, I hope to have reporters from the Texan on our podcast Beautiful. on a regular basis. If they're covering certain stories that we need to bring uh, more Texans, you know, bring to the light of more Texans and conservatives in general. But um, I'm grateful. Uh, you know, I've said it publicly on my page and others, but my wife and I, you know, subscribe the day this came out yeah. and we're encouraging other people to as well, because if Texans want, you know, Texans know what's wrong. That's that's the thing is I, I do believe that the Texas spirit knows what's wrong with our country, what's wrong with our state. Yes. We're not always given the tools to fix the problem. Yes. And so the Texan gives them a tool. If they know what's wrong within the media, this is their avenue to fix Absolutely. it. And so we're going to encourage people to do that. And I'm grateful for y'all's willingness to come on and have this conversation. And I'm sure it won't be the last time that we have somebody from the Texan on our podcast. Definitely Absolutely not. not. And thank you for what you've done. And thank you for getting the information out. And thank you for having us on so that we can get that information out more. I appreciate it very much. Hey, thank you. Guys, our sponsor for today's show is Patriot Academy. PatriotAcademy.com. You have heard me talk about this organization, but um, this truly is, for many students, a life-altering event. Um, I cannot tell you how many 16, 17, 18, 20, 25 year olds that have gone to this leadership program and come out with a, an entirely new direction for their life. You can go to patriotacademy.com to find out where they do these events, but essentially they take these students and they go through a week of being a legislator. They actually debate in the 
in the Texas House of Representatives, in the uh, Delaware House of Representatives, Idaho House of Representatives. It's an incredible experience. I have been involved with them. I believe in what they do. In fact, if you contact them and tell them that you heard about them through the Luke Messias show, I will contribute toward your uh, fee of actually attending. If you know a student that needs to go, that needs direction for their life, they're going to have an opportunity to learn about worldview, about free market economics, about the values that hold society together, and they're going to have an opportunity to be equipped to be a part of making the change that our community, our state, our nation need. So patriotacademy.com. We're grateful for their willingness to sponsor this podcast, and we also want to encourage each and every one of you to check them out. Please do so today. And that was a wrap. Uh, fun conversation. Um, right before we started talking, Raz, are you an Enneagram guy? I am, actually. Do you know what number you are on Enneagram? Yeah, I'm a three with a two wing. You're a three. Oh, that's lame. Okay. So, um, uh, I don't know. Andrew, who uh, is helping us record this, I think he's a four. And so, anyways, uh, right before we started recording that podcast, we realized that um, Drew and Connie and I were, are all eights. And, um, you know, for anybody who knows the Enneagram number, they know that eight is the best and, um, <laughs> it's the most important and it's the, uh, it's the one that like Martin Luther King and Gandhi, uh. and, I don't know, Winston Churchill, all them, they were like all eights, <laughs> anybody who like accomplished great and mighty things. And so we're like, if the three of us ever want to do one thing, we will take over the world. I mean, we realize that. <laughs> I guess so, we'll see, right? Um, it's just a random thing. I was I was thinking about that right as I was uh, trying to wrap wrap that conversation up. But we had a great conversation and um, really enjoyed Drew and Connie sitting down and talking. They have a cool little office just a couple blocks away from the Capitol um, that I got to just visit them in and record the podcast in. Um, Raz, any other final takeaways? Just as we talk about you know where journalism is and and the need for. I guess, better journalism in our state? Well, I just tell you, go to thetexan.news, uh, subscribe, at least put your email in for the five free articles a month. Uh, it's seven fifty a month to subscribe annually and 9 bucks a month to, if you want to pay monthly. It's a fantastic uh, product. They're putting out more and more articles every day, so go check them out. They're great people with a great product. We love them, and you should check them out. Um, Raz, if people want to continue to follow you and all you're doing, uh, where can they learn more about you? Head on over to raz.us and hit me up on social media. You can find all of that and um, what I'm up to via that website. Guys, um, can't thank you enough for continuing to support the show. We've had people even uh, donate this week to continue to support our show efforts when it comes to getting this uh, across the state. And um, if you go to lukemacias.com, you can sign up right there. We send out a weekly email where you get this podcast directly to your email. You can click and go to our information. Um, if you haven't liked us on Facebook, just at Luke Macias, go there, find the page, like it. You'll get the content there. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Macias T. X. That stands for Texas. And uh, thank you so much for continuing to engage. We want to provide content for you that keeps you informed. Um, the, you know, other conversations we've had with Tony McDonald and this 
property tax and sales tax stuff going on. There's a lot happening in the in the next uh, you know 25 days or so as we wrap up the legislative session. And it was, as we go into the summer, I hope to have some other conversations. We're in the midst of putting some conversations together. One of them I'm pretty excited about is um, where we're going to have some different pro-life people come and have a broader discussion. There's a discussion on um, an abolitionist perspective of really wanting to abolish abortion outright. And then people who are taking a more incremental approach to passing smaller incremental pro-life laws. So we're going to bring in two people, one on each side of that and have a long discussion uh, slash debate on that issue. And there's some other things like that that we're hoping to produce uh, as we go throughout the rest of the year. So just trying to keep you all appraised as to what we're trying to make this about. If there are any other things that you all want to hear about, go to lukemacias.com, hit us up, send us a message, like us on Facebook, send us a message through the Facebook page and just say, here's somebody who I would like to have a conversation with, or here's some issues that I'd like more information on. We appreciate you supporting the show. Thank you so much. Have a great day and God bless. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Messias Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.